Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I want to introduce you to Damian Lorton, the co-founder and artistic director of One More Productions, one of Southern California's leading theater companies. Over the past 20 plus years, he's directed over 100 musicals across the United States, and he has extensive experience as a child performer and working with children and young adults. That's why we're talking to him today about how musical theater can transform your child's life. Let's jump into the conversation with Damian Lorton. Well, Damian, thanks so much for taking time to hang with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be part of this. Tell me about a bit about your journey from an early age. When were you introduced to theater and acting? Um, I actually got introduced to theater quite early in life. When I was young, I didn't talk a lot. And the reason why is I had a really bad speech impediment. I had a, a stutter. So my mom sent me to speech therapy. And in the 70s, it was really big to do vocal speech therapy. And, and while I was going through my speech therapy, my therapist told my mother that I could sing. And my mother somehow or other found a vocal coach for me. And I started singing at a very early age at six and seven. And then I ended up joining a boys choir and I traveled the world singing all over the world. Um, for years, I traveled all through Europe and, and all through the United States and Canada. And then um, when my voice changed, I was getting ready to go into high school and the Orange County High School of the Arts had just opened up. And even though I'd never done any theater, I was only being a vocalist. I ended up auditioning, getting accepted there. And that's where I really found out about theater and musical theater. I, you cannot skip over this. You're saying you're six or seven and you're traveling the world. You're, you're that young traveling the world with some sort of choir. I started with the boys chorus, the all American boys chorus as a boy soprano. And I sang with them. And then I ended up singing with the London symphony orchestra for a little while as a boy soprano for them. Say that a little, a little slower, the London, the London symphony orchestra. Okay. And Was your parent with you? Were you traveling alone with a suitcase? I'm like trying to get this in my head. Well, no, my parents never traveled with me. My mother didn't travel with me. When I was with the boys choir, I traveled with them and their staff. And when I traveled, I had a teacher that would travel with me with the symphony. Okay. This is amazing. Were there other kids that young? Um, There were kids. I think my first tour, I think I was nine. I think I sang eight or nine was my first tour. And I toured until I was about 15 or 16. And yeah, there were other kids that young with us as well. Some other kids that are a little older, 13, 14. Okay, so you weren't acting at that time, but you're singing. What was the most exciting thing about that as a young kid traveling the world? I think I didn't realize, I thought it was just a normal part of life, but I got to sing for the Pope, Pope John Paul. I got to sing for Princess Diana. Um, I got to sing for Ceausescu in Romania. I got to go behind the Iron Curtain when there was an Iron Curtain and travel through through the Soviet Union in a time where very few Americans had been. Um, I remember going to Easter Mass in Moscow at the uh, um, in in Russia, and it was so amazing to be able to go to a Catholic service in Moscow during the time of the of the curtain. So, so yeah, I got to do some pretty amazing, wonderful things. What were some of the most challenging aspects of that as you kind of think back on it? I think um, probably being homesick for the very first time. It was so funny. I got so used to traveling. And about four years into it, my mom came out on the road to visit me. And when she left, I'd gotten so horribly upset that they literally had to send me home. Um, And it was so funny because I'd never been homesick until she came and then she left. And that was the first time. I think that was probably the hardest thing. But more importantly, it just gave me a sense of of responsibility and discipline that that I've carried with me the rest of my life. Hmm. So you mentioned that you had attended, you applied and attended to the Orange County High School of the Arts. That's here in Orange County, 
Orange County, California. My son actually attends that high school and our producer, Kristen, who's a good friend of yours, her daughter attends there, as you know. And how did you hear about the high school? Did you have to apply an audition to get in? It had just opened and it was all over the papers. And at the time the Orange County High School, the uh, arts was located on Los Alamitos High School campus. And I, my family and I lived in Santa Ana at the time. So I went up and I auditioned for the school and I got accepted. And I was one of the first, I was the first uh, class to go through the program. And it was amazing. It was a wonderful program. It was something that taught me um, skills that I carried with me the rest of my life. And did they have different conservatories at that time? Because I know now, like my son is in the film and television conservatory, their dance, their theater and so forth. What was it like back then? Back then we had a musical theater, we had a classical dance department, and we had an orchestra and a tech department. And then I think my second year, the classical dance department broke into a commercial dance and a classical dance. Um, at the time, I think there were only five, five, five. Now I think they have several different. Lots of conservatories. Yeah, yeah I'm not lots sure. of conservatories. Yeah. And for those who are listening that you're not familiar, this is a, a, a charter school. Uh, that is um, funded by outside sources as well as the parents who participate in the program, the children. And then basically from like eight to three, you go through general education. And then from around three to five, I know those aren't the exact times, but around three to five, Monday through Thursday, the child has a conservatory that you, as Damien mentioned, you have to audition for and try out for. And then it's really rigorous. It is very rigorous. It really was. And at the time that I was going, it was just starting out. So the classroom and the days were much longer. We would have to take a zero period class where we'd start at 7 a.m. We take our our regular high school classes, um, our academic classes till about two. We'd have a small break and then we'd start our arts classes and we'd be in arts class till at least six, 6.30 in the evenings. And then if you were doing a show at the school or anything extracurricular after that, you'd be in rehearsal till 10, 11 o'clock at night. So for a few years, I was going to school from seven o'clock in the morning till not getting home till 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And then doing homework on top of that. Yeah, yeah. So what was it about that school experience that was transformational for you? I'll tell you the biggest thing that was just such an eye opener for me in life. It was um, our director of the musical theater department at the time. His name was David Green. He really took an interest in what it was that we were doing. And he was more than just a teacher. He was a mentor for us. Um, he brought in a lot of professionals who are working in the industry to come work with us. We were able to have classes with Paula Abdul. We had, um, she was really big at the time and she was a former student of one of the teachers there. B.B. Newworth came in and taught master classes. We got to work with amazing people that he would bring in um, from his experience in life. And watching and working along these professionals or watching people like like Lori Freed, who was an acting coach at the time, or David Green, and, and watching them treat us not like kids, but as artists, and giving us the responsibility and the tools to live up to those standards is something that was the most impactful part of that education for me. Mm. Now, that was a shift from just singing to now acting as well. What was that like for you? How did that play out? Oh, it was awful for me at first. I, I loved singing. I was I, I, I was trained to sing. I knew how to sing. I'd never, never acted before. I knew nothing about acting. Um, so the first year I was terrified of everything, but it was because of the guidance of like Ann Edwards and Lori Freed, who were amazing acting teachers at the time, that introduced Uta Hagen to me and introduced respect for acting and introduced uh, the true technique and the art form of creating and becoming a role. And that's when I truly fell in love with theater itself. 
Hmm. Now for moms or dads who are listening, who have, you know, kids that are trying to figure this whole acting world out, what would you say is the difference between acting, say a child who's wanting to pursue uh, commercials or TV or film versus a theatrical performance? What is the, what's the difference between those? Is it the same type of acting? You know what I mean? Help me understand that more. Oh, it's, it's, it's totally different types of acting. I think with theatrical acting, um, there is an entire sense of performing in front of a live audience. There's also a sense of, of teamwork and, and, and being that's bigger than you are when you're in a team and it gives you a sense of, of working together as a group and achieving a goal and striving towards that together, being in a rehearsal. Um, theatrical acting is much more raw and emotional based sense with film acting or commercial acting. Of course, it still takes technique, but it's a different type of technique. It's something that's smaller and slighter. You're not performing for someone that's 15 feet away or hundred feet away or 500 feet away. You're performing for a camera that's two feet away. So there's a subtlety that comes to the TV acting or the commercial acting. That's very different than theatrical acting. It's, um, it's a completely, it's like painting with water-based paint or, and then painting with oil, watercolor to oil. It's, it's completely different. It's still an art form. It's still the same art form. It's just different techniques to create that. And why did you pursue theater versus TV or film? To be honest with you, I was really bad with film acting. I, I'm very theatrical. I'm very big. And I've always been big like that. So it didn't work well for me. Um, also, the passion and working, like I said, working as a team was something that was so motivating. Plus. Theatrically, for me, musical theater has always been my first love. So to be able to not just act, but to sing, dance, and act, and carry the story through that way um, has always been my 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 most joyful event. Mm-hmm. I remember in my own high school and college experience, although I wasn't into acting, you know, the musical theater kids are a little bit flamboyant. They're kind of like, woo here we go. We're having fun, you know? Yes, definitely. Some are. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's something that comes with youth as well. Yeah. When you get into it and get a little older and you really find your, your creativeness in it, it calms down a little bit, but yes, musical theater people are a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. That's great. I have done, uh, three documentaries and then one, uh, my first scripted feature film just came out recently. And one of the, the main characters was, in theater, you know, so he, I had to, you know, tone him down a little bit. Everyone. Oh yes. I'm having problems keeping you in the frame. Okay. okay. Let's keep it. <laughs> no, not you. Oh, well, I was talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Musical theater. They like to move finding their marks are not, not one of the greatest things for a musical theater actor to do in front of cam- camera. Hitting that, that line is always difficult. Yeah. So you graduated from Orange County high school of the arts. And I did. What did you then pursue from that point forward? I actually ended up going on the road for a little while and performing. I did, um, I did a few shows and I started working there. Um, unfortunately I lost my mom while I was still in high school. And so even though I had applied for colleges, I didn't think that college was accessible for me. I didn't think at the time that I could afford it. I was on my own. I was 17 years old and I didn't know to reach out for help. So the only thing I knew how to do was to sing and dance. So I went to work and that's what happened. I started working that way. And I went on the road for a couple of years and I pick up whatever gig I could do, whether it was theatrical or it was cabaret type work, I would sing and, and do my thing. And then uh, my father became ill and I was never very close with him, but I came home to take care of him. And that's when I fell into directing. I couldn't go out on the road anymore. And 
I ended up just musically directing and, and teaching music for shows. And then that led on to one thing to another. So my career took this huge shift in my early 20s that I wasn't expecting it to take. Okay. And what is it, what are the things that you like more about directing than you do acting and vice versa? I think the thing about directing is allowing it's working when you're working with as an actor, you're working with your director and with your team to create something. But as the director, you're overseeing it and you don't just get to work with the actors and the singers and the dancers, but you get to work with the other artisans, the technicians um, from the costume designers to the lighting designer, to the set designer, to the builders, um, even working with the front of house staff, the ushers, it, it allows me to be, in complete control of the art that we're creating, but at the same time to acknowledge that everyone else on my team has something to bring to the table. Um, it's honing it all together to produce something that's in service. That's how I look at theater. I look at the fact that we get to be in service, that for three hours a night, we have the power to give the people, our audience, the, the gift of joy or laughter in a time that they may need it more than you would think as an actor. Um, it's not always, and it shouldn't always be about the artist. It shouldn't be about me being on stage and looking for that applause. It should be about me in service to the audience. You don't know who's sitting there in the audience that, that's just lost a loved one or is fighting cancer or some kind of illness. And this may be their only escape for a while. This may be their only place to, to come and have joy for just those three hours. And I think that's what I like about directing the most is taking all these individuals and creating one final outcome that's in service to, to everyone, both the artists as well as the audience. Mm. That, that is such a unique perspective. I love that, uh, that, that the actors and everybody that you're talking about, everybody on the team is there in service of the audience, as opposed to the audience being there to give accolades to the performance. Oh, exactly. It's never about that. I mean, what other people in their career can say that on any given evening, there's going to be 200 people that are going to get in their cars, come home from work, drive home the freeway, get dressed, go out and have a nice dinner. And their entire point for that evening is to come and share it with you. This might be their one outing for the month. This might be what they can afford for that month or that week or to take their children someplace. So you should definitely be in service to them. It's not about getting applause. And it never should be about getting applause. It's about creating something that only you can create with your body, with your soul, and you can give it freely and openly and lovingly. I think it's the closest thing that we have to, to either magic or God's love or whatever you want to call it. It's something that you only, only you can create and give. How do you, do you find that, that young people, children or young people that are getting into acting, do they understand that more quickly or less quickly? quickly than adults or you know what I mean? Like how do kids and young adults kind of get that into them? How do you teach them that? Well, like I said, from the get go, for me, it's all about teamwork and for everyone realizing that there is no star here. Um, a lead to me is just a leader and a leader leads by example. A leader leads by being responsible and being disciplined in our art and being off book and knowing what they're taught when they, when they're taught something coming back and knowing it. So it doesn't matter to me if you're 70 years old or you're seven years old, you all have the same responsibilities. We're all here to create this, this work of art together. Um, I think it's amazing to watch young people walk into the theater or to walk into my theater and to see their lives change and to see them grow up because Again, I'll say these words all the time. Responsibility and discipline are so important in our lives as adults. Whether you're going into theater as a young person and you come out 
wanting to be an actor, or you come out wanting to be a lawyer or a teacher, the same skills you're going to learn in creating this show are going to carry you on for the rest of your life. It's amazing to watch these young people come in and grow up through the years and come back and come back and watch who they are and what they become. Um, Sports is not for everyone. A sport team is not for every single person. Some kids are great at English. Some great kids are great at math. Some kids are great in the arts. And unfortunately, with all the budget cuts and restraints and everything that have been going on for the past 20 years in the schools, there's not that much opportunity for young people to perform. So I think it's important for them to come and be a part of a team and to learn how to fend for themselves and how to create for themselves, give them an outlet to express their emotions and give them some place where they belong and they feel important and that they feel that they can be contributory to something that's bigger than them. Mm-hmm. So good. You know, my son, that's one of the things that I would say he's learning the most at the Orange County High School of the Arts. We call it OSHA mm-hmm. uh, here locally. Um that he's in film and television. And so many times filmmakers, independent filmmakers, you know, I've got my camera and I can do a lot on my own. And, you know, the, the world of TV and film is obviously not independent at all. It's mm-hmm. so much teamwork involved. And a big focus at OSHA is teamwork, not just in the theater, but in film and television. You have to rely on your producer, the director, the DP, the lighting, the sound, all of this stuff. And that can be tough for young people to learn how to be a, you know, teamwork in that environment. You've got different personalities. You've got different ways of seeing things. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with different personalities and help young people negotiate that through your programs? Communication is, is the key. To be able to communicate and, and be clear about what your idea is, to be clear about what your goal is, and to surround yourself with a team that understands each other and understands how to communicate with each other, um, to be open to ideas and to be open to change and to listen, listen to what other people are saying and listen to what they have to bring to the table. Even though I'm a director and even though I've worked in this field for a long time and I understand costumes, I understand fabric and I understand how light works and I understand how paint and texture work. I still want to make sure that I'm listening completely to my other designers because that's their field. That's where they shine. Uh, the smartest thing I can say when you're putting a, a group of people together is number one, hire people who are smarter than you. And secondly, trust them, trust what they have. As a director, you always have the final say, but you want to listen to what they're bringing to the table. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why we've been so successful at the gym is because we listen to each other and we bring the best out in each other. And I think that's one of the most important things you can learn from being on a team. And that's what I love about schools like OSHA um, is that they allow these young people to, to get that out of the way now and to learn that and to learn how to communicate. It's so important. And again, no matter if you go into the arts or you go into business, those skills are going to carry you for the rest of your life. Oh yeah. My son will come home and say, I can't believe this person had this idea on the shoot and this was da da da. And, and I am like, but you're learning things that I didn't learn till I was probably in my mid twenties, you know, of how to process with other people mm-hmm. and ideas and bring things together. And, you know, it's painful as a parent to watch, but it's also really good, you know, to watch them learning these things at a young age. Definitely. Like anyone of my biggest breakthroughs in life have been through my biggest breakdowns and my biggest challenges and my biggest mistakes that I made 
that I look back at and I laugh now in my twenties when I was sitting there just sobbing and broken <laughs> made me the person that I am today. It made me, it gave me the skills to be able to stop and listen and say, no, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm going to listen this time and I'm going to be open to that. And I think that that's, you know, it's part of growing up and, and it is hard to watch. I've never, ever had children. And I know I'll never have children, but in having this theater for the past 15, 20 years, I have these children that have become part of my family and, and I've watched them go through these trials and I've watched them make mistakes. And as much as you want to go and pick them up and say, it's fine, you, you can't. I just do the opposite. I just yell at them and say, walk it off. Before we continue the conversation, I want to ask you for a quick favor. Will you subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on your phone? Now, it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Why? So you won't miss a single inspiring episode. We search for the most inspiring guests to help you rise up in your life, love, and leadership. And you don't want to miss out. So subscribe and then leave a quick review. Click some stars, preferably five, and leave a sentence telling me what you enjoyed the most. All right, let's jump back in to the conversation. You obviously could have done so many different things. You could have gone to New York. You could have gone to London. But you chose to be in Orange County, California, and specifically starting a company called One More Productions. Tell me, why did you start this production company? I think it goes back to David Green at the High School of the Arts. He was such a mentor and gave so openly to so many younger people that the people in my class have gone on to do such amazing things with their lives. And I think one of the main reasons why are because of people like him who stepped up and said, this is how you do it. When Nicole, Nicole Cassesso, who is my business partner and a brilliantly talented woman, when we looked at where we wanted to open our theater, we had other options and we looked at other places. But at the time, the state of Orange County Theater was really starting to, to quickly fall from what it was. And, um, and we wanted to give local actors the opportunity to be someplace to hone their skills. Um, when I was younger, we used to have Civic Light Operas. We had the Fullerton Civic Light Opera. We had Downey Civic Light Opera. We had the Long Beach Terrace. We had all these wonderful theaters, and they were stepping stone theaters. We would go there. We'd get our equity points and our equity credit, and we'd learn, and we'd work for professional actors. And then it was a launching pad, and it gave us the opportunity to jump off and to go up, do other do other things. We don't have that anymore in Orange County. All those theaters are gone. We have um, Musical Theater West in Long Beach. Um, we have the new 3D now that's at Cerritos, but we really don't have anything in Orange County that does that. And that's been mine and Nicole's goal is to open a theater that's a launching pad. So one of the lucky things for us is because of the connections we have in theater and because uh, of who i grown up with, I'm able to bring professionals in to work with our actors. So all of our choreographers, all of our designers, all of our musicians, we're able to bring professionals in. So these actors get the opportunity to work in a professional setting so that they're a little more advanced and they're ready to take a bigger step and to go out in the world and to do something bigger. And in the 15 years we've had the gem, the One More Productions, we have over 47 young actors that are out there doing 
everything you can imagine off Broadway, on Broadway, national tours, international tours. They're working um, with performers all over the world, cruise ships, every major theme park that you can think of across the entire globe. And it's because we stayed here in Orange County and it makes me so happy and grateful that we can give back to the community that gave so much to us. That's awesome. So explain to people, um, and we've heard a little bit about it in the intro, but the One More Productions and the Gem Theater, how do those work hand in hand and what are they? The Gem Theater is a theater that's been in Garden Grove, California for over 90 years. It started out as a silent movie house and then it was a movie house and then it was closed in the 70s and they turned it into an actual live theater. And then over the past next 30 years, there are different performing groups that have been in and out of the building, but for some reason they could never really get it to work. It's, it's an odd size house. It's a 157 seat house. So it's not big, but it's not small and getting a, a community of people to rally behind and start to come theater had always been an issue. Nicole and I moved into the building, I think 11 years ago now. And it took time to do it, but now we have a very large patronage that comes and continually comes. We're open a hundred and our doors are open 187 days out of the year during performances. Um, and that's, that's, that is tremendous. That's like over half a half, half the days of the year you're performing there. We're performing there. We do, um, we do five major musicals a year this year. We're starting with disaster, which is a great funny seventies disco musical. It's a takeoff on all the old disasters. We're doing West Side Story, Nine, Bright Star, Beauty and the Beast. And on top of that, we'll do a cabaret series. We'll also make sure that the theater's open for local theater companies that don't have a space. They'll come in and do... Um, we have a group from, called the Braver Players, which is a wonderful children's theater organization. They'll come in and use the space to do shows as well. Um, on top of that, we'll do one-night events as well. And on, those are 187 days open to the audience. The other hundred and so many days we're doing rehearsals or designs right. or building sets. So the theater is always active now. So the theater itself is owned by the city of Garden Grove, California. Is that right? That is correct. And One More Productions then is the... One More Productions is the managing theater company there. We have um, a lease with the city and it's our building. Um, we actually just re-signed our lease with the, with the city. So we're there for another 10 years now. Great. And, um, and, and yeah, we manage the theater and we keep the theater going and, and we produce musicals. How does a, how does a musical get produced? Like how, you know, you're, you're the director, like how are you, you obviously you have lots of years, you have 15 years of being there now, but if somebody wanted to audition, is that possible? Do you have open auditions or they all of our auditions? Oh no. All our auditions are opened. Um, if you're an actor and you want to find out about auditioning for a show, we go, um, we advertise all of our stuff on Backstage West. We also do um, Playbill.com, Broadway World. We do a couple of other um, stuff through agents and managers, but everything is open. We always make sure that all the auditions are open calls. We do pay our actors. We don't use union actors at this point in time. For specialty things, we will every once in a while, but we don't use union actors. Um, but everything is audition-based. And we open up the auditions to anyone. And we'll, at our auditions, we'll have people who've been doing theater for 30, 40 years. And we'll have someone who's auditioning for their very first time. Um, we are not, we don't like to consider ourselves a community theater only because the word community theater has such a bad rap. We really are a theater for our community. And our goal is to train and advance people who really want to take the arts seriously and would like to somehow have a career in the arts, whether it's as a performer or an artisan or a musician. Yeah, I have not been to a production there, but the reviews online are just tremendous. I mean, whether it's articles or Yelp reviews, I mean, it is 
out of this world. And I've seen reviews of you personally who rarely acts there. I've, I've read and people love you. I, I did. I did my first show, I think in 12 years, like my first real show in 12 years, I did the producers last year. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm so glad that I did. It. And it was so wonderful to get back up on stage and that's exciting. But one of the things for me is we didn't start the theater company so that either one of us could be actors or either one of us could direct everything. We did it so that we had something valuable, something that really promoted the arts in Orange County, mm-hmm. something that gave back to our community. And how does the One More Productions exist? Is it purely through ticket sales? Do you also do fundraisers or you have patrons? We're a nonprofit theater company. We're a 501c3. We do most of it through our ticket sales and private donations. Um, I'd love to be able to say that we have corporate donations, but because we're a size of 157 seat house, that's hard to get the corporate donations in. But most of it is word of mouth and ticket sales. We do do a couple of fundraiser a year. We do a big anniversary dinner every year. Um, this year is our 15th anniversary, so we're very excited about that. Um, we do a big dinner party on stage, and it's a five-course dinner. We bring in chefs, executive chefs from different restaurants to come in and cook for us. And then all of our actors throughout the year, they actually serve all night long, and they take care of the guests. And again, they're in service to our audience. And we'll do a silent auction that night. But most of it is through through ticket sales and small private donation. Okay. You've already talked about that a child or a young person would benefit from responsibility and discipline. Those are the two things that you've said a couple of different times. What are the other benefits? Because, you know, I'm, I know the parents are listening and their sports is an easy one to put their kids in. Everybody gets put into soccer. You know, everybody can, not everybody, but most people can stand on their two feet and run around and hit a ball somewhere. And then after a couple of years, it's like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe their kid wants to sing. Maybe their kid wants to act. What are the benefits that you would say getting involved in theater could bring to their child? I think getting involved with theater, I know getting involved in theater is that it gives a young actor, a young person, a young adult, the opportunity to express their emotions in a healthy, safe environment. It allows them to be creative. It takes a different set of, of, of brain skills to, to be able to tap and sing and move your hands at the same time. Um, I had a young man who I've watched grow up over the years. He started with us as a little elf. He's actually an OSHA student as well. And this year he was in the producers with all adults. I think he was 17 years old. I think he's a junior at the high school of the arts. And to watch him figure out how am I going to get through a two hour show with nine costumes, eight dance numbers, four fast changes, two wig changes, seven shoe changes, and still get on stage and do what I'm supposed to do, but still manage myself backstage. On top of that, go to school 10 hours a day and have three hours of homework. It was brilliant to watch him and to watch him grow from a young adult to an adult, to watch his self-esteem grow and to watch the point where he finally allowed himself to, to make a mistake, but to learn from that mistake and watch the joy in him as a young man walk out the door and know that he did something and he did it well and that he did it in an environment with adults and that no one treated him like a child, that they told him either step up or step out, Cole, like these are your choices. And he stepped up completely and he did his job. And to watch that joy in him and then to talk to his parents afterwards and to see that that lesson that he learned in that show or that lessons he, the lessons he's been learning at the theater are all over his life and that he's a better student now and a better human being now 
because of that. That's the gift that theater can give these young kids. It's sad to say, but a lot of the theater kids, like you said earlier, are, are a little rambunctious or are, are, are maybe not the most popular kids in school. So this gives them the place to be popular, but more importantly, it gives them a place where they have to learn to trust themselves, to trust their instincts, and to work along other people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity. So let's just say that a child, and there's lots of different ages, you know, everything from five years old up to 15 years old, maybe they haven't had any experience yet, but they're expressing interest. Their parent wants to get them involved in something. Showing up at the gym theater for an audition is probably a huge, you know, step, maybe too, too big, too big. You know, they're not ready for something like that. What would be Uh, what would be a couple of small steps that you would suggest? How could they start to kind of test the waters? First off, the most important thing is take them to see theater, take them to any theater to see anything, whether it's just your local community theater, whether it's the gem theater, whether it's the Pantages theater, a lot of colleges in the area offer theater for children. So it's adults doing shows for children. Let them experience what it's like to be an audience member first. Let them see what it's like to watch the magic happen in front of them. Then I'd recommend finding a a school that teaches dance or small classes like that. Get into that type of thing first and introduce them to it slowly. Give them some of the skills if they want to do theater, musical theater. Give them some of the skills, tap, ballet, simple things, things that are fun find some theater classes that they can take that aren't expensive. Do not invest a lot of money at first, especially when they're young. Just make sure they're enjoying it. If it's something that they're good at, then go to the next level. I think children's theater is great. However, I have always been against pay for play. I I just, that's just me personally. I understand that these organizations need to support themselves. So I don't mind a tuition based program. But I think that anytime it becomes tuition-based, then you're paying for your costumes. Then you have to sell $300 worth of magazines. Then you have to donate your time. And then you have to... That always scares me a little bit. But but start there. Find, there are some great... Like I said, there's a really great uh, children's theater in, based in Costa Mesa. It's called Braver Players. Uh, Jimmy Hippensteel also runs another wonderful... Um, children's theater. And I think it's, I think it's MTA. I'm not sure, but if you look up Jimmy Hip and Steel, you'll find it. Um, and he does wonderful. They do wonderful theater for young adults. It's not overly exorbitant in fees and they're really going to learn great skills at places like that. Go into that just a little bit more. If a parent's not aware, avoiding what is pay for play? Like how would that play out? What would they be? Obviously I know you show up in the mall and somebody's like, you can be a, you can Uh, be a star, you know, $300 for your headshots. I know that. Exactly. No. Um, But what's, what are the other things people should watch out for? You should never, ever, ever have to pay for, for, for an agent. You should never pay for a manager. They take 10% of what it is that you make after you have a job. Of course, they're going to be able to tell you, like, we want you to get a headshot. These are the the photographers we recommend. Those things are fine. You shouldn't be paying more than $400 for a month's worth of acting classes. Voice lessons range anywhere from $50 to $125 a lesson. You shouldn't be paying more than that. You should watch the improvement in your child. If you walk in, and as a parent, you should walk into whatever dance class, whatever acting class, whatever rehearsal class they're doing. You shouldn't go all the time, but you should feel free to walk in the door and say, this is my child. I'm going to walk in when I want to walk in. Watch for a few minutes. If the kids are running around and not doing anything, or there's 100 kids on stage, your child's not learning anything. 
give them a place where they're in a classroom or on a stage with less than 30, you know, no more than 30, 35 kids. Um, be aware of how much money you're actually spending. You shouldn't be paying a college tuition for kids to be, you know, if you're paying a thousand dollars a month or more, you're paying way too much money. Um, things are going to be expensive as they come along. And then the other thing is if you do have a child who goes into the arts and they start getting work and they start working and they really start to fall in love with it and you support them through it, you pay for their voice lessons and you pay for their dance classes and you pay for their acting lessons. Number one, make them be responsible for that because they're not going to learn anything if they aren't. I tell all my voice students, are you grateful for this? You know, this is expensive. This is $320 a month for you to take a voice lesson once a week. Are you grateful for that? What are you doing at home to help? That's number one. Don't just give them anything. Make them work for it because once they go into this as a career, no one's going to give them anything. They're going to have to work for it themselves. Secondly, and most importantly, if you're going to create the space and your kids are getting into high school age and they are good and they want to go into this as a career and they want to go to college for this, I've seen this happen so many times where parents have created these amazing artists and, and paid all of these fees for all these classes. And then the kid says, I want to go to school and get a BFA or an MFA. And the parents go, no, you're going to go be a doctor. You're going to go, you're going to go be, go to school and go to business. You've created this for the past 15, 17 years, and you've given them all these wonderful skills. Now you're telling them they can't go and pursue that career. As any of us adults know, you've got to allow your adult, your young adult to follow their passion, especially if they're good at it and give them the skills to do that. So those are my two big things for parents. Number one, watch how much money you're spending, walk in the door and make sure that your child is improving. If your child's not improving after two or three months, then that's not the right place for them. And number two, if you are going to support your child all the way through, know that there is a possibility that they'll want to go into this as a career. And I can tell you, this is not this is one of the most fulfilling and passionate and joyful things that you could do with your life because you are following your passion, but you're very rarely are you going to have the house on the beach and drive the newest Lexus or the newest Mercedes, you know, and, and those are the compromises that we make as artists. That's good. So that's such good wisdom, such good wisdom. Um, last question. If a young person has a dream of acting, you know, they've been to the theater, they're, uh, watching the YouTube clips, they're following their favorite Broadway stars. You know, maybe they've they've been and seen some shows in New York, and they're they're passionate about this. What advice would you give him or her? Start reading everything you can about acting. Uh, Stanislavski, Uta Hagen, pick anything up you can and start reading it. Get yourself into some classes. If you're a young adult, South Coast Repertory offers some really great young adult classes. Um, they also do an amazing summer program for acting out there that I think is opened up to 16 year olds now. Um, go see as much theater as you can. Start auditioning. Just get in front of people and start honing your skills, start working on your art. Don't be afraid. Fear does not serve you at all, especially as an actor. Um, break through that wall, break through your fears and just enjoy it. You get one opportunity to be you in this life. So, so be the best you you can be, no matter what it is, if it's an artist or it's a, a businessman, like just be the best and find your joy in it. But as a young actor, read as much as you can. Most importantly, see as much live performance.
performance that you can. And when you're watching it, don't just get lost in the performance. Watch the actors and watch what is it that they're doing? What, what do I like that they're doing? What don't I like that they're doing? What works for them? What would work with me? How would I do this? Ask yourself those questions while you're watching and, and keep a journal. Write down your emotions, write down the things that you enjoy from people's performances, write down what your day was like, because an actor, we always go back to our emotions. You know, I might play a father who's lost a child. And even though I've never had a child or lost a child, I know what it's like to lose a dog or to lose a friend. And I know what those emotions are. So I can bring those to the forefront. That's what young actors should start doing now. Feel your feelings and express them in an honest, safe way. Damien. I'm, your dogs are cheering you on. Oh, They're like, I'm so yes, sorry. daddy. No, no, I love it. I love it. Like, <laughs> daddy is awesome. He's awesome. Yes, that's what they're doing. They're cheering you on. So uh, I just appreciate you sharing your wealth of wisdom with our audience in, well, in regard to this subject because uh, that, that's, uh, there are a lot of parents who have kids who are either are involved or want to be involved, and your wisdom is, is priceless. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for letting me share my story and share the story of our theater. Both Nicole and I are really grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much. If you've been inspired or learned something from this episode, do yourself a favor and tell a friend. By sharing a learning with someone else, you'll actually be solidifying it in your own mind and heart and more likely to implement it in your own life. Tell them about our conversation and let them know that they can listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on their phone. Check out our website at www.insporising.com. That's I-N-S-P-O rising.com and on all social media platforms as Inspo Rising. Now, as you go out about your day, may you be inspired to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'll talk to you next time.